0: I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast part of the 90 Min Football Network as ever. I'm your host, Harry Simiou. I'd like to kick off the show by wishing those of you who are celebrating today a happy Father's Day. Hope you're well, hope you are being spoiled, uh, and hope you're uh, getting a much-needed opportunity to put your feet up and chill and relax. Because I can tell you what, I've been asked today what I want to do, I was asked throughout the week what I'd like to do today, and my answer was just, I just want to chill out, I just want to relax, I just want to lie on the couch, watch tv chill take a breather not do anything basically um but unfortunately uh, when you've got young kids that's never really the case is it it never really pans out like that Uh, but just wanted to say a, a big happy father's day to those of you that are celebrating, and of course, to those of you um, who have lost fathers as well, because that's really, really difficult and really, really tough. And and my thoughts are with you guys today as well. I know a few people that are finding it a difficult day, and it's it's kind of really easy to sort of get caught up in the celebration of it all and forget that there are people out there that are, of course, uh, experiencing a difficult day. So, wish you guys all the best as well. Uh, love to all of you for sure. Okay. Um, We've got plenty to discuss again. uh, We did a show yesterday on Saturday, which was shortly before the Eddie Nketiah announcement came out. So we're going to talk about the Eddie Nketiah news, the fact that he signed that new rumoured £100,000 a week contract to stay at the Arsenal. And he's been handed a new shirt number the number 14 i'm going to be giving you my thoughts on both of those subjects but i'm also going to be discussing some of the reaction to that news that we saw online yesterday which in my mind was so unnecessary and so unhelpful um and and just simply disgusting to be honest with you i i can never get my head around that kind of stuff but We're going to get into all of that. We're also going to be talking Telemans. We're going to be talking Jesus. We're going to be talking Lissandro Martinez and Rafinha. i will be discussing some of the updates that we've seen since, of course, we last joined you. Uh, Leave a like on the video if you haven't done so already. If you're watching us on YouTube, it really, really does help. And subscribe to the channel if you are new, because we are creeping towards 2020. 1,000. I think we're about 75 likes away from hitting the next milestone. So if you wouldn't mind, if you are new to the channel and you are enjoying the content, please do consider subscribing. Okay, let's start with the Eddie Nketiah stuff. As I say, it was announced yesterday that Eddie Nketiah had officially signed his £100,000 a week, five-year contract at the Arsenal. And this was met by a lot of vitriol online. This was met by a lot of criticism And it was, or it proved to be a very, very divisive topic. Now, let me give you my thoughts on it, and then we'll come on to talk about the division that it's caused. I mean, look, as I've said to you guys before, I mean, for me, up until this point, I've not been convinced that Eddie Nketiah is an elite striker. And I'm still not even 100% convinced that he's going to go into next season and give us what we need. I think in my mind, it was pretty clear that, Arsenal wanted to keep him. You know, you heard the way that Mikel Arteta was speaking about him, particularly towards the back end of last season. And you got the impression that Arsenal were willing to bend over backwards and were willing to do whatever it took to convince uh, the young striker that this is the place for him and this is where his future is. And when I heard all of that and when I started to kind of, you know, process all of that, the first thing that came to my mind was okay, well, That doesn't mean that Arsenal aren't going to go out and bring in a striker this summer. What it means is they want Eddie Nketiah to be a part of the squad. Now, given that we're back in Europe, I think it's much, much easier for Mikel Arteta to to give Eddie Nketiah some form of assurance as to how many games he's going to play. I think he will be the Europa League striker, particularly through the group stage and perhaps for the first knockout round or whatever. He will be the striker in the cup competitions. And there's the FA Cup and Carabao Cup, of course. Um you know, and and that automatically guarantees him way more game time than he's had before. Add to that that things are changing next season with the ability to now, (coughs) I beg your pardon, the ability to now make, beg your pardon, I thought I was feeling better today, but obviously not. Um, Sorry for that, if that caught you off guard. Um, But obviously now with the ability to make five changes in a game, you'd imagine that a lot of the substitutes are going to play a much bigger role and a much more key role. And um, and managers will be less reluctant to make those changes, given that they still have, you know, another four uh, available to them, as opposed to when it was three. And obviously their options were limited. So, you know, I think that Eddie and Ketty has probably got what he wants out of Arsenal in terms of assurances, in terms of, uh, you know, sort of what the plan is for him. I know a lot of people will say he's getting exactly what he wants, a hundred thousand pounds a week or so we're being told, but look, I I never really got the impression from Eddie and Ketia that it was solely about money. Now, obviously there is an element of that in any negotiation, right? You could go to any job. I mean, you know, I've taken jobs, uh, not, not so long ago that, you know, I, I really wanted, but you know, the minute you start kind of going, Oh yeah, you know, I really want this job. Um, and so I'm going to, Take a reduction in my fee, or I'm going to let you essentially take the mick out of me. Then, then you're not really doing yourself justice. You know, you're selling yourself short. And I'm not saying that you should go in there and try and rip people off or anything like that. But you should know your value. You should know your worth. And Eddie Nketiah will know his worth. He'll know that Arsenal wanted to keep him. He'll know, um, you know, that he's very much a part of Mikel Arteta's plans if he decided to stay. And so, obviously you use that as much as you possibly can to get the figure that you want and when people talk about this hundred thousand pounds a week there's a lot of people that kind of go crazy about it like instantly your mind goes to oh my god that is crazy money for a guy who's still relatively unproven at this level but as i've been saying over the last few weeks and i think it's really really important that you remember this and take this into consideration if Arsenal only ever had the intention of going out and bringing in one striker, and I've said repeatedly, I'd rather we went out and got one top striker than tried to spread ourselves thin and ended up with two average ones. So I don't mind Arsenal as long as they do go out and bring in an elite striker. And we think that's probably going to be Gabriel Jesus, fingers crossed. If Gabriel Jesus comes in and is the first choice striker, and the fact that Eddie and Nketiah got the 14 rather than the nine, uh, which we'll come on to talk about in a bit, kind of indicates that then, you know, you gotta, you got to start to think to yourself, well, if we did try to go and sign a second striker, a second striker who would only play in the Europa League games, who would only play in the Carabao Cup games, who'd only play in the FA Cup games, and would only play a select amount of fixtures, we'd probably need to spend to get anybody even half decent in excess of £20-25 Now, once you, once you total up that £20-25 fee, plus the salary that you're going to be paying the player. Actually, although it sounds like we've given Eddie Nketiah an awful lot of money, and it is an awful lot of money, it's a much more cost-effective way of filling a role that clearly the club, clearly Mikel Arteta, clearly Edu, feel that Eddie Nketiah is capable of filling. So I don't mind this as long as Arsenal go out and do the business and bring in an elite striker. And that's always been my opinion on this. You know, there was. Times earlier in the season where I grew frustrated with Eddie Nketiah, some of the noises that were coming out of his camp, the reports that he'd rejected a move to Crystal Palace in January because he felt that it was beneath him. I don't know if that was true or not. Maybe it wasn't, but at the time it irritated me because I thought, Eddie, you've not proven it yet at Premier League top end level. So how can you be so picky? How can you be um so fussy? You know, how how can you be coming at it from this angle and from this direction. But obviously, Eddie and Ketty has sat down and done multiple bits of media since, and, and particularly the Beautiful Game podcast, I thought he came across excellently. I really did. And it kind of changed my view on Eddie. And it convinced me that Eddie isn't in it solely for the money. Eddie's issue with Arsenal and, and Eddie's reluctance to make a decision was based on his desperation to play football and to play football regularly. And as I say, clearly there's been some guarantees given, add to that an attractive pay packet. But even with shelling out a big sum of money like that on a weekly basis as a football club, Arsenal still seem to be doing, in my opinion, the most cost effective thing. Now, we've heard lots of rumours over the last few days about Arsenal going big in this transfer market. We've been linked with a number of players that we'd all love to see come in. But the reality is that there has to be a middle ground, like yeah, it'd be great if we could sign all of those players, but something's got to give. And financially, Arsenal aren't in the greatest state. You know they're not. And and recently, in the last couple of years or so, when we've seen the books come out and we've seen the numbers sort of officially put out there, we've we've come to realise that. So to think that there was never going to be any cost cutting or there was never going to be any desire from Arsenal Football Club to do the most cost effective thing at times was completely misguided. This was always going to happen. Arsenal were going to have to act smart and and clever, um, you know, in, in some form of business that they did this summer in order to facilitate all the other business that they want to do. Like, for example, okay, Gabriel Jesus, let's say we get him, okay, the rumours, the rumbles are talking about a fee in the region of about £50 million. Pounds. Now, you can probably justify spending £50 million pounds on someone who's out of contract next summer If you manage to sign Eddie Nketiah up, who you think is good enough to do the job, but is also essentially a free, you know, yeah, you're going to pay him a wages, a a big pay packet and you're going to pay his wages. But if you'd have gone out and spent 20, 25 million pounds on a striker, you probably would have had to pay them similar wages anyway. So Arsenal will be looking at this holistically. They'll be looking at it and going, it's 50 million quid on Gabriel Jesus and Eddie Nketiah, if you want to put it like that. And that means that we've done our whole strike force and we've refreshed our strike force and we've got it in place for that money in total. They won't look at it as individual fees. They won't look at it as the individual breakdown. They'll look at one holistic wage bill. They'll look at one uh, big amount of money that they can spend on transfers. When you budget, as a football club, you have your limits, but you don't mind tweaking it around a little bit. You don't mind tweaking the way in which that money's used. You don't mind spreading it in different ways if, at the end of the day, you get what you want. And that's what Arsenal have done with Eddie Nketiah. And, and it looks like, fingers crossed, they're going to get what they want in terms of bringing in another striker between now and the end of the window as well. So, look, I'm I'm not against this. I'm OK with it. And actually, my opinion, I have to say, changed uh, in the back end of last season, when I thought Eddie gave a great account of himself um, and, and having heard him speak, I, I got the vibe and the impression that this is someone who desperately wants to succeed and, uh, and hopefully he does. You know, if he does, it benefits all of us. If he does, Arsenal succeed. And that's what we want at the end of the day. Moving on to the number 14 thing. I mean, look, Thierry Henry is one of the greatest footballers to have ever graced this country and ever graced world football. You know, I genuinely believe at one point he was the best player in the world and by quite some distance. And he will always be an Arsenal legend. And that number 14 became iconic because of him. You know, you look at some of the people that that had that number, um, you know, prior to Thierry Henry, and the number meant nothing. You know, and, and that's not being disrespectful. You know, the, the number, particularly back in the day when it was sort of 1 to 11, the number 14 was a squad player's number, which just goes to show that Thierry Henry came in, took on that number and made it his own. He made it into something. And just like you can build a legacy out of a number, you know, the number can, sort or the legacy can disappear from a number as well. Now, I would argue when you look at this number, yeah, and you look at some of the people that have worn it in the past and, and you know, let's, let's mention some of them. And again, I'm not being disrespectful in any way, but think about, like, David Hillier wore the number. He wasn't a regular at Arsenal, like he wasn't a starter. David Hillier is a top guy. Um, I'm not wishing to kind of, um you know, make a thing of this. I'm just sug- I'm just saying that that number, it doesn't always mean the be-all and end-all. Like, you can... You can be a great player and make a number iconic. Ultimately, it's the player that makes the number, not the number that makes the player. You know, that's that's the point I'm trying to make here. You think that Martin Keown, a centre-back, had this number at Arsenal between 93-94 and the 98-99 season. Martin Keown was a centre-back. He couldn't be a more different player than Thierry Omri if he tried but you still associate that number 14 that was previously worn by Martin Keogh a centre-back with Thierry Henry. You know, you you look at it since then, Theo Walcott wore it. I mean, he scored a fair few amount of goals for Arsenal Theo Walcott, but would you put him in the same bracket as Thierry Henry? Was there the same clamour about when Theo Walcott got it as there is with Thierry Henry? Uh, sorry, as there is with Eddie Nketiah today? I don't, I don't think so. And I'm not really sure why this has been made into such a big issue. Does that number carry weight at Arsenal? Yeah, it does post Thierry Henry because of of the brilliance that he brought to the side. Aubameyang wore it as well. And obviously, Aubameyang, uh, you know, scored an awful lot of goals for the Arsenal and was was a very integral player during his time at the club, barring the last few months. So I understand, um, you know, why in people's minds that number has a significance. But ultimately, is that reason enough to go online and to abuse one of our own, to abuse our player. I mean, I've got opinions on stuff all the time. I've got opinions on stuff every day. Do you think that I take time out of my day every single day to go online and individually track down that person who I disagree with in order to fire direct criticism at them? And why can't you be critical in a way that isn't disrespectful? Why can't you Say what I say, you know, I'm still not 100% convinced that Eddie ketty is going to be able to deliver what we need him to deliver over the course of the season, but the club feel differently, Mikel Arteta feels differently, and therefore they've awarded him a new contract, and therefore, as a supporter, my duty now is to step back and support him. Whether I agree with the decision to give him the 14 or not, whether I agree with the decision to pay him 100 grand a week or not, is kind of neither here nor there on a match day because my duty and my responsibility as a supporter is to turn up and get behind the team. Imagine being a young lad who's just, you know, who's just got the biggest contract of his life, who's just signed a deal that is hopefully going to elevate his career to the point that he's always dreamed of. And having it rained on by people online who would never say it to your face. And in a lot of cases are faceless and, you know, have no regard for what their words do and the, the power that their words have. To me, it's strange. Like, I, I don't get why everybody wants to piss on people's parades all the time. Like, it just, it, it's it's crazy to me. You don't rate Eddie and Ketty up fine. You know, you, do you walk down the street and say and see a a lady walking, for example, and say, oh man, I think she's beautiful. Do you have the balls to go up to her and say that she's beautiful? I bet nine times out of 10, you don't. So that's a classic example of where you keep your opinion to yourself, you admire from afar and you keep walking. So why do you feel that when it's negative, when it's a criticism, that you can go on social media and do that to someone on a day that is supposed to be a historic day for them, a day that's supposed to mean so, so much to them. It's mad. You know, it drives me up the wall. I I can't get my head around it. I can't understand it. And if Eddie Nketiah scores and and gets us points next season, what are you going to do? You're going to sit there with your arms folded, looking down at the ground because you didn't want Eddie Nketiah to get a new contract and you didn't want Eddie Nketiah to wear the number 14. What are you going to do? Go and get shirts printed with Nketiah's name on the back and leave the number off because you disagree with it. It's just complete... An utter nonsense. It's petty nonsense, and and I'm sick of seeing it. You know, it, this was so prevalent yesterday that Ian Wright had to come out and and put an Arsenal an Arsenal fan in his place. This was so petty that Gabriel had to come out and make a comment about it. And then people tell me, "Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't affect the players." You know, they don't even see it. They don't know anything about it. Of course they see it. Of course they know about it. Of course it will affect Eddie Nketiah. That a section of this fan base are so childish and toxic that they can't think of anything else but to have a go and have a and be critical of him. It's it's you know it's disgusting. I'm sorry. Um, support the player. He's an Arsenal player. He's just signed a new contract. He's going to be here whether you like it or not. And um, and 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 just get over it, man. Like, there's no need. There's no need. Look at this. Falasana says, "Harry, what you are suggesting is for fans to be like sheep and follow whatever the club are doing, whether it's right or wrong. We should just support." I've not said that at all. You can be critical without going online and having a go at essentially. I mean I don't know about you guys when I was 23 I was like a kid I don't think it's I don't think there's any scenario that justifies grown men hiding behind fake Twitter profiles going out there and abusing a 23 year old man who's just had an amazing sort of breakthrough in his career and has got an amazing opportunity I just don't think there's any justification for that. You can disagree with it, fella. You can sit at home in your armchair with your beer in your hand or wherever it is you're drinking, watching the TV and say, you know what, I I disagree with this. I I don't think he's good enough. I wouldn't have given him that shirt number. And that is absolutely fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But what good comes of going online and abusing a 23-year-old man who some of our hopes are going to be on next season? what what good comes of that if somebody can explain to me what good comes of that then maybe I'll be open to changing my mind but abuse is not on in any form you don't always realize the power of your words and you know and I'm guilty of this as well in the past I've said things and tweeted things that I think back and I go oh my god um, you know I didn't think about it like that at the time or I didn't think about the effect or the impact that those words might have on somebody and I've learned from it and you get better and you evolve as people so I'm not saying that you should go out there and hang everybody that ever tweeted something or said something or did something that was a little bit across the line everybody's crossed the line at some point in their lives the point I'm trying to make is that we have to as a fan base the people that know better the people who've maybe grown a little bit older and have experienced life and understand what it's all about need to get together and stamp this kind of crap out All I ever hear is Arsenal are lacking quality. Arsenal lack ambition. Arsenal don't have um, the best players. Beg your pardon, a couple of sneezes came and caught me by surprise there. Going back to what I was saying, Arsenal don't have the best players. Arsenal can't attract the best players. Arsenal aren't dining at the top table anymore what player looking on and seeing that is going to want to choose to come and play for this football club and this set of supporters who because i wouldn't i'm an arsenal fan and it's different you know i'm an arsenal fan i've got an affiliation to the club i've got a love for the club and so i'd find it impossible to resist but if i was a portuguese lad like fabio vieira with options on the table why the hell would i choose this club over another club when all I'm gonna do is get abuse. Somebody explain that to me. Just support. You don't have to agree, but you can but your duty as a fan is to support. You know, I have family members who I support. I have friends who I support do I agree with every single individual decision they make in isolation no but my job as a friend as a relative is to support and why can't we do that you know for example if i um you know if i disagree with something a friend does or, or a family member does and they ask my opinion on it i'll tell them that you know i, I think what you're doing is wrong or i personally wouldn't approach it like this i'd approach it like that but there's a respectful way of doing it. So why is it because you don't know someone, like in the case of Eddie and Ketia, you think that you can just be like, oh, oh, my God, this is a me- mess. This is a disgrace, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's just so totally unnecessary, man, and I'll never understand it. Look, we've got a couple of super chats uh, to pick up on. Let me just grab those before they disappear, and then we'll continue the discussion around this. Gunner down under says, re signing Eddie for 100k a week is good business. Think about it. That's 5 million a year. And even if he flops, he'll still be worth 20 million in a year or two. It was either that or he goes on a free now. That's a great point. And it's a point that, you know, I was kind of making in the way that I was saying that, you know, we've not gone and spent a fortune on a striker. So, yes, the 100k, when you first see it or read it, it startles you a little bit. But when you think of the overall investment, actually, this is the Smartest way to do it from a business perspective. If indeed you believe that Eddie and uh, Eddie and sorry, is good enough to do the job that you're asking, and clearly, Mikel Arteta does, clearly Arsenal think he is. So yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And again, when we were first talking about the contract, when that story broke that he'd been offered one a few weeks back, first thing I said was, well, it protects the player's value, and it means he remains an asset moving forward uh we've got uh another super chat let me just pick it out uh from gunner down under just with no comment just a, a donation to the channel mate thank you uh so so much i really 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 do appreciate it um amazing thank you so so much okay uh gonna take a short pause and then we're gonna move on to some more subjects Whoops. <laughs> that went wrong. Okay, welcome back to the Chronicles of <laughs> again. I'm having a mare today. I was fine, I wasn't sneezing, I wasn't coughing, my nose wasn't running, and as soon as I started the stream, it's all gone to shit. But anyway, uh bear with me. Uh you know the drill. I've been uh, moaning about it for the last few days on these streams. So uh bear with me. Thank you so so much. Okay. So we can uh, we can agree that there's no need to abuse Eddie and Ketia it isn't going to do any good. It isn't going to help. Get behind the player. Get behind the team. Get behind the manager. Be critical if you want to be critical, but be critical in a constructive way. You know, you have your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion, but know, the, know that your opinion isn't shared by everybody and know that your opinion is just that, your opinion. And, and I know that my opinion is my opinion. I don't feel like there's, you know, I have this divine right to be listened to by the people that are actually making those decisions. I know that it's my opinion. I'll share my opinion. And that's that. I can respect people and, you know, support people, even if we have different opinions. Simple as that. Okay. Right. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about some of the transfer stories that continue to rumble on. And I want to start with Lissandro Martinez. Uh, Obviously, we heard of that interest just a few days ago. We heard that he is Arsenal's defensive priority. The Ajax man uh, is said to be interested in a move to the Gunners. Arsenal initially had an approach of uh, €30 million rebuffed by Ajax. However, Arsenal are expected to go back in with an offer uh, of around about 35 million euros, which is what Ajax are said to be looking for for the player. Now, I did read some reports over the last sort of 24 hours that Manchester United boss Eric Ten Hag, who, of course, knows the player very well, worked with the player for a long period of time and knows everything about him, has uh, asked to be kept informed of the the players' situation, which suggests that Manchester United could get involved in this. Now, is that genuine or is that an attempt to try and drive the price up? I wouldn't be surprised, Um, you know, because that's just the way business works at the moment. The link to Ten Hag is an obvious one, clearly, because of their history together. Um, It's clear that they need a centre-half for sure. So, yeah, um, I think that we're going to have to, We're going to have to try and get this wrapped up ASAP because we don't want to get involved in a bidding war with Manchester United because the chances are we will lose. Uh, But it seems that those reporting on this are pretty confident that a deal can be done and a deal can be reached and can be agreed. So uh, let's see how it goes. But Lissandro Martinez is still very much a priority defensive target for Arsenal in this window. Moving forward. Uh, let's talk Yuri Tielemans. Now, we were trying yesterday desperately during the show to make sense exactly of what was going on with regards to this one, because we kept hearing that this was one that Arsenal were incredibly confident of doing. We kept hearing that this was a deal that was certainly going to be done by the end of the month. And it seems as though there's been a bit of a snag along the way and we've hit a bit of a bump in the road. for um, Fabrizio Romano, Fabrizio Romano continues to say that this is still a possibility, that that the priority for Yuri Tielemans during this window is to leave Leicester City. And that contrary to some of the reports from Sky Sports, he has no intention of signing a new deal at Leicester at this time and at this point. And I think actually that probably makes sense because why would he sign a new deal now and close the door to a potential move this summer when he could Stall and sign that new deal in September or October or November or whatever. You know, so for me, it doesn't make sense that Yuri Tielemans is, is opting to sign a new Leicester deal at this point in the window. I think he'll want to, by this time, I think he'll want to sit back, see how this plays out, see how this unfolds and make the decision uh, when he, you know, when he feels the time is right. There's no need to commit one way or the other at the moment if you're Yuri Tielemans. So uh, that one's still alive, according to Fabrizio Romano. Heard some rumors yesterday that, um, you know, that there's, a, there's another issue in this. And it's not Leicester and it's not Arsenal, but it's, I'm assuming, to do with the representatives uh, involved in the brokering of this deal. Now, that is uh, something that you'd hope we can overcome uh, to get the player in, uh, which would be great. We also heard that Arsenal were looking to move midfield players on uh, in order to get this done. And I made the point yesterday that, I want to see Yuri Tielemans come in as an addition as opposed to a replacement. And I got lots and lots of criticism in the comments. Oh, look, here he is again, back in his man, Granite Shaka, et cetera, et cetera. Granite Jacker was fucking good last season. And he was really good this season before as well, for the most part. Were there a few mad moments in there? Yeah, there were, but he's available, he's fit, he's there, he gives you something. He's a leader. Um, you know, I'd go as far as saying that he's been much more consistent than Thomas Partey over the last couple of seasons but people don't want to hear that people don't want to say that because they refuse uh, in most uh, instances to give Granit Xhaka the uh, the credit that he deserves and um and, and I'm fed up of it to be honest um you know so I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that I want Yuri Tielemans to come in but I want him to come in as an additional player, not as a replacement. I want them both in the squad. I want us to have that versatility in midfield. I want them to play um, when the game state suits. I want Xhaka to sit alongside uh, Thomas Partey when we need to be that little bit more solid and that little bit more defensive because the pair of them have proven to work really, really well with one another. I want to see Yuri Tielemans in the side when we need to break teams down. I want to see Yuri Tielemans getting into the final third and trying to influence and impact games that way. I want to see his range of passing brought to the table. I want what both of those players offer in our squad. I'm not saying... If Tielemans comes in, he's still not good enough to ever displace Xhaka from the team. I've not said that at all, but people want to take it that way because, as I was describing earlier, people are just looking for a reason to piss on someone's parade or be angry or be frustrated or be disappointed. And that's not at all... Accurate or conducive to what I'm actually saying. What I'm saying is I want to have those alternatives within the group I want to have those alternatives with the squad and I want to build the squad to be bigger and stronger and better As opposed to weakening in one way uh, to facilitate somebody else Um, okay, um Quick message, uh from uh, craig tanner as well Now let me just drop this link in the description uh bear with me a second guys because um I should have done this at the top of the show and it just completely uh, slipped my mind but hold on I'm I'm literally doing it right now. Um one of our members, brilliant uh, Craig Tanner, uh fantastic member, been with us for a while, um active uh, in the Discord server as well, brilliant guy. Um reached out to us in the Discord server today uh, about his partner's um race for life page and it's a really really touching story I, and, and I read it and I thought you know what I've got to I've got to support this um, and I went over there and I and I made the donation and I'd urge you guys if you can of course that I know things are tough at the moment right I know it's not um, an easy time here in the UK and I'm imagining everywhere you know it's 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 difficult it's a really really difficult time um, But I have just dropped the link in the description. And if you can support, because uh, Craig Tanner's partner has gone through a really, really difficult experience and come out the other side uh, and he's doing something fantastic, doing the Race for Life in order to support people who've had or are going through similar experiences. The link is in the description. If you could, if you refresh your page, uh, you'll find it at the end of the show. Um, Once you finish watching, you'll find that link there. Um, Yeah, if you can donate, uh, the, it's just underneath the description you'll see it there and uh thank you to craig uh, for bringing it to my attention and um and yeah the link is there support if you can of course thank you so so much uh okay uh let's uh, let's move on so we've touched on uh, Martínez we've talked a little bit about Tielemans. let's talk a little bit about Rafinha because we heard the other day that any move for Rafinha would ultimately be contingent on whether we could move Nicolas Pepe out of the club and Fabrizio Romano uh, maintains that Arsenal do have an interest in Rafinha but didn't go as far as saying that Arsenal have made a bid. In fact, he explicitly said that there is yet to be a bid placed by Arsenal for Rafinha. But he remains a target, according to a number of reports at the moment. Uh, Also, just quickly on Gabriel Jesus, um, again, Fabrizio Romano, who seems to be the one putting all the Arsenal tweets out at the moment, uh, says that Gabriel Jesus remains the main priority Um, that that is what Arsenal are working on hardest at the moment. That's the deal they're desperate to get over the line first and foremost. Uh, But there are reports from a number of outlets today saying that Arsenal are planning a big spend this uh, week coming, which could include wrapping up the signings of both Lissandro Martinez and Gabriel Jesus. That would be quite the week, wouldn't it? Um, So, yeah, lots to be positive and uh lots uh, to be optimistic about so uh, let's see how it goes but those are kind of my updates for today uh based on uh, scouring the internet ahead of the show Like i know there's not it, I, we're in that frustrating period where it's like some of these stories are just moving along and we're like picking them up from day to day to day to day to day but that's where we're at in the transfer market that's what we're hearing that's what the noises are telling us um but i just wanted to um to bring you guys up to speed with those things what the latest is on those, but also the main focus uh, was to talk about uh, the Eddie and Ketia announcement that we got yesterday, the fact that he will be wearing the number 14 shirt. And I just wanted to share my opinions on um, on the abuse online and on the criticism that I saw online. And look, I don't wish to to change everybody's opinions. That That's not what I'm trying to do here. What I'm trying to do is prompt some people to think twice about the way they conduct themselves online I've conducted myself badly online in the past I'm not sitting here saying I'm a saint and I've never done it I have done it as have most of us but I think a lot of the time you don't really learn something it doesn't really sink in a hundred percent anyway until you experience it and having experienced people coming at me online in the last few years since I changed careers I now think much more strongly about it and I'm much more conscious of of it as well. So I think that when you've been on that receiving end of it and you you become more aware of it and more conscious of it, you then feel almost a responsibility to try and get that message across. Now, again, if you don't like Eddie Nketiah, if you don't rate him, if you don't think he's good enough, if you don't think he should have got the number 14 shirt, that is absolutely fine, but he shouldn't be online being abusive about it. You can tweet about it and say, you know, I'm not sure about this. Is it too much for him? Are we putting too much pressure on him? And that is completely valid. But to cross that line to personally directing it um, at the player, being abusive, swearing, all of that stuff, it just just doesn't help in any way, shape or form. Look, guys, um, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, Thank you uh, so, so much. Uh, There is a few questions in the chat, I promise you, I will pick them up on the next show. Uh, So jump into the chat, uh, pop them in uh, on the next show. I I might do one tonight, just depending on if anything breaks, if anything happens, if anything moves, Uh, but I'll keep you guys posted. But I am going to sneeze my guts out, which is why uh, I'm uh, cutting this one a little bit prematurely. But thank you all so much for joining me. um, And I'll see you all very soon. Until next time, take care. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.